for this Sunday, um, we're going to pause from our time in the book of Judges, and we're actually going to have kind of a, a standalone message about family. And this is actually one of the things I love about this church. Silver Creek has a crystal clear mission. We are here to lead families to discover life in Jesus. Right? And I just want to pause there and say, man, that is, that is a really important mission. Whether you're a part of a family that seems like it's functioning well, or you're part of a family that just feels a little dysfunctional, or maybe you're just like, hey, I don't even know if I have a family. I want you to know something this morning. When you show up to this place, you're joining a family. It's the family of God. And so we, we got to talk about family, right? especially when we see the next generation, because what is a family? A family is a community of generations, right? If you have kids, that, that's a generation. If you're a parent, you're a generation. Grandparents, you are a generation. A family is a community of generations. And when we look at this place, when we look at the church, when we look at God's family, we see a community of generations. And so this morning, I want to ask a question to everyone in the room, and then I want to see how Scripture answers it. And it's a, a question that every generation has had to ask and answer. Every person in this room will have to ask and answer this question. Here it is. You ready? The question this morning is, who am I becoming? Who am I becoming? You, you might have asked it that plainly, or, or maybe you haven't necessarily spelled it out that clearly, but at some point in your life, you have wrestled with this idea of who am I, but, but more than who am I, who do I want to be? Who am I becoming? This morning, we're going to look at a passage in the book of Deuteronomy. We're going to be in Deuteronomy 6, and here's the big idea that we're going to see come out of Scripture uh, through uh, Moses. He's the writer of Deuteronomy. And our big idea this morning is this, that your life will take shape from who you listen to, love, and learn from. Let me say that one more time. Your life will take the shape. You will become someone based off of who you are listening to, who you are loving, who you are learning from. And actually, those three things are going to kind of serve as an outline for our time this morning. We're going to be looking at those three things come to life in Moses' writing here in Deuteronomy 6. And what you'll notice if you have a bulletin or if you're just kind of tracking along on our app under our sermon tab is uh, each of the points that we're going to cover this morning, I've given you half of the point, but then half of it is a kind of fill in the blank. Right? We're, we're kind of going student on you. When's the last time you filled in the blank on something, right? Um, but that, that's how we're going to learn together, because there's so much packed in to this one passage that we're going to look at together. So let's go ahead and, and turn our attention to Scripture. Would you open up your Bibles if you have one, or just kind of give your attention to the screen? We're going to be in Deuteronomy chapter 6. We're just going to read uh, verses 4 to 9, just 4 to 9. That's all we're going to focus on uh, today. Before I jump into the passage, let me just give you a little background. This is the fifth book of Moses. It's his last one. Uh, so if you're flipping in your Bible to Deuteronomy, you'll notice it's the fifth book into the Old Testament. Moses is about to pass the baton to a new generation. He's nearing the end of his life, and he wants to share a few things with the people of Israel about who they ought to become. Because right, all of us are asking and answering that one question. Who should I be? Who am I becoming? And this is what Moses says to them in Deuteronomy 6, starting in verse 4. He says this, Listen, O Israel, the Lord is our God, the Lord alone. And you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, 
in all your strength. And you must commit yourselves wholeheartedly to these commands that I'm about to give you today. Repeat them again and again to your children. Talk about them when you're at home and when you're on the road and when you're going to bed and when you're getting up. Tie them to your hands and wear them on your forehead as reminders. Write them on the doorposts of your house and on your gates. This is God's word, and it's true. Moses knows that this question of who we are becoming is an important one. And so he doesn't want to leave any confusion with the people of Israel. As he's about to move on, as he's about to pass away, he's imparting these final instructions. And where does Moses start? Well, he starts where we're going to start this morning. And point one, he starts with listening. That's the very first word of this passage. In verse four, the very first thing Moses ever says is listen. In some Jewish communities, they actually recite this passage day and night as a prayer. They call it the Shema. Shema in Hebrew means listen. In these communities, they're, they're telling themselves, man, I need to listen. Because without listening, do we hear any of the rest of what Moses just shared? No. So the first step is we need to listen. And Moses is emphatic that we need to not just be listening to anyone or anything, but we need to be listening to God. And this brings us to point one, and I want to help you fill in the blank. Moses wants us to listen to God and not the chaos. Listen to God and not the chaos. Let me explain to you what I mean. You and I, we we pick up the Old Testament. I don't know if you've struggled with this as we've been looking at the book of Judges, but sometimes it feels like, wow, this happened a long time ago in a place that's not familiar to me, in a culture that I don't know. Does this really relate to my life? And even as we read Moses this morning, some of us might be asking, okay, cool. Uh, Was that just for Israel? Is that for me today? And I want to let you know that that there is a lot of relevance to what Moses is saying here. And there's a lot of reasons for it. One reason is you're not just hearing Moses talk. You're hearing God speak through Moses. But the other thing is, even though Moses' world might have looked a lot different than yours because of technology, because of location, because of customs. The one thing that Moses' world really shares with ours today is this. Moses and Israel were living in a very noisy world, in a very chaotic world. And that kind of feels like our world today, because actually, it kind of feels like, I don't know about you, but it just feels like everywhere I go, somebody is standing with a megaphone sharing who they think I should become, right? Hey, I'm over here. I'm on this corner. I, I think I know who you should become. I know the job you should have. I know how your body should look. I, I know the kind of kids you should be raising, right? This is a metaphor, obviously, but our world is a noisy one, isn't it? It's a chaotic one. It's one where on every street corner, metaphorically speaking, someone is holding up a megaphone saying, I know who you should become, Listen to me. And in the midst of all that, Moses looks at the people of Israel and he says, no. Listen, not to the megaphones, not to the chaos, but listen to God. And before we get to some of the other things that Moses says, let me just pause here and define listening for a a moment, right? Listening is not just having to do with your ears. It really is this idea of attention, Like, where you put your attention will shape who you become, right? 
And if you don't believe Moses, if you don't believe me this morning, just believe social media companies. Recently, they went on the record saying that they are purposefully developing algorithms to keep your attention on their platform longer. Why? Because the longer you're on their platform, the more you become their customer. Where you put your attention impacts who you become. Who you're listening to will shape you. Whether you're a middle schooler, a high schooler, a parent, a grandparent, everyone in this room, I need you to hear me loud and clear. Who you listen to will shape who you become. And so Moses looks at us and he says, guys, with that being said, I need you to listen to God, not the chaos. Because when you listen to God, you will start to become someone that he's calling you to be. That, that, that is powerful. That, that is life-changing. But something's being implied here, right? Because when Moses is in front of Israel and he's saying, hey guys, listen, listen, he's almost like clapping his hands. Like, I need your attention real quick. Moses is not grabbing their attention so that he could have a spotlight. Now, what does he do? He says, the Lord is our God. The, the Lord alone. What he's saying is, hey guys, I'm getting your attention, not so you can listen to me, but I need your attention so that you can listen to God. What is Moses implying in that moment? Well, if you grab someone's attention, you're saying, hey, listen, what you're implying is the person that you're pointing to has something to say. Have you sat with that? That God has something to say to you? That, that's why Moses is saying, listen, Hey guys, listen, God has something to say. That's why we show up here. That's why we open up this book. It's because God has spoken and he is speaking through uh, the pages of this, this book, through the power of his spirit. God has something to say to you. He has someone for you to become. I believe that's why a lot of us are here today. It's because we sense God has something to say to me. I, I think our, our world, if we're being honest, is really hungry to hear from God. People might not say it that clearly, but so many of the questions that you hear swirling around in culture and even in the conversations that you're having with friends really boil down to people being hungry to hear from God. They're asking, who should I become? Who should I listen to? Which megaphone has the answers? And Moses stands here before you today saying, hey, put down all the megaphones. Because the world we're living in, it is a noisy and chaotic one, but it is a world where God has stepped onto the scene and he has something to tell you. He has someone for you to become. Let me just pause here and acknowledge something. There's some of us in the room today who have heard other people's opinions of what they think God has said about us. And it's really discouraged you. It's really made you question if you should even show up to a place like this one. But let me ask you something. If that's you, if you've, if you've heard things like that, if you've maybe said those things to yourself, I, I bet God said that he wouldn't want to be with someone like me or forgive someone like me or use someone like me. If that's you this morning, I just want to ask you very lovingly, have you ever picked up scripture and heard God say any of those things? I don't think you will, because actually I, I try to do this often, as often as I can. I try to pick up scripture and listen, because God has something to say. And when I listen to scripture, I never walk away feeling rejected or cast out by God. Don't get me wrong, God will be very honest with you about how he feels about sin. 
He has a righteous anger towards the brokenness in our world and the sin that entangles our lives. But if you keep listening, you also hear God have a radical love for broken people like you and me. A love that wasn't just lip service, but a love that took on life. Right? When you keep reading, when you keep listening to the story of Scripture beyond Deuteronomy, beyond Judges, and you arrive to the New Testament, you see this love come to life right? in the person of Jesus who comes on a rescue mission, not to reject sinners, but to, to ransom his life for us, to exchange himself for us, that if we place our faith in him, we might not receive the wrath of God, but the righteousness of God. Are you willing to listen to what God is saying? Because if you are, you'll be changed. You'll be transformed. What God has to tell you in this book, what God has to tell you in a community like this one, is that you, yes, you, might be more flawed like, than you would like to admit, but you are more deeply loved than you could ever imagine. And if you're willing to listen, if you're willing to do what Moses is encouraging us to do, you will encounter a God who can change everything about you. If you're not a Christian this morning, I just want to invite you to listen to what Scripture is saying and to stay in the conversation. Even when Scripture says hard things about mistakes that you've made, keep listening because you'll, you'll see that Scripture also points you to a God who has a patience and a generous love for broken people like me and you, and he wants us to become someone with him and in his love. He wants you to become someone forgiven. He wants you to become someone healed. He wants you to become someone whole with him. But again, our lives are shaped by who we listen to, right? And so Moses wants to encourage us to listen to God. Before I move on, let me talk to Christians. Let me just warn us about something. I, I struggle with listening to God sometimes, and I'm sure you do too. If I'm being honest, at times I get so busy that I just stop listening. And sometimes there's even areas of my life that I'm purposely ignoring him on. Uh, two weeks ago, it was November 1st, I remember that morning because it was the morning after Halloween and there was a fresh blanket of snow on the ground. Do you remember that morning? <laughs> I don't know how you reacted, but uh, I kind of thought it was cool. I was like, oh, sweet, like, let's go. If it's gonna be cold, give me something nice to look at. And so um, that morning, I had a little bit of time before work, and I was like, you know what, I'm gonna go to a trail nearby, and I'm just gonna walk, and I'll, I'll kind of count that as my time with God, you know? I'm busy, let's just kind of multitask. And as I'm driving to this trail, I, I'm realizing, like, that this was, it kind of felt like this was a plan. And it, it wasn't necessarily mine. It almost felt like a divine appointment. Like God had set up this morning this way because he wanted me on that walk. And he wanted me listening. And at first I was like, ooh, that, that's kind of cool. Like getting that feeling. I don't know if you've ever had that feeling in life before where you're like, wow, it feels like God's lining something up. Like he might want to say something to me. But pretty soon that, that excitement turned into a pit in my stomach because it's like, oh, well, what if he has something rough to say? Right? I don't know about you, but when you can see someone planning to meet with you, sometimes you're really excited, but sometimes you get really nervous. And I started getting really nervous. But I went on the walk anyways. I got to the trail, and 45 minutes later, I get back in my car, and, and the Lord did have something that he wanted to talk to me about that morning. And I'll let you know what it was. The, the one thing God wanted to press on me that morning 
was that we don't go on enough walks together. That was it. The one thing the Lord wanted to put on my heart is, Dom, we're just not spending enough time together. You're not listening enough. You're not opening up scripture enough. I have so much to show you. I have so much to teach you. I have so much to remind you about, but you are over-scheduling yourself. You're not listening. If you're a Christian this morning, you might be tempted to live that way, to just not listen, not because you're, you're trying to avoid God, but because you're just too busy to actually sit down and hear what he has to tell you. Or maybe you are ignoring God because of a fear that you, you have about what he might say. Let me just encourage you. Sit down anyways this week. Carve out time just to listen. Open up scripture. God has spoken. He is speaking through the power of his spirit. When you look at these words, they're not dead, they're alive. And God will call you to become someone as you listen to him. He has a calling on your life. The New Testament tells us that if you have your faith in Jesus, God is calling you to become a new creation. But you will only become who you're called to be if you're willing to listen. According to Moses and what he's telling us in Deuteronomy 6, but, but Moses is not just concerned about us listening. Moses also wants to talk to us about love, right? That's where he goes next in verse 5 and 6. Let me just reread uh, those two verses. Moses goes on after he talks about listening. He says, and you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your strength. And you must commit yourselves wholeheartedly to these commands that I'm giving you today. You and I will not just be shaped by who we listen to, but we also will be shaped by who we love. That's what Moses is pointing out here. Let's go to point two in our message, right? Because that's, that's where the passage is taking us. Point two is this, love God, and let's fill in the blank, love God with everything. Right? Isn't that what Moses is saying here? L love God with all of you. Right? What does he say in verse 5? He says, all of your heart, all of your soul, all of your strength. Moses is making a point of, of hey guys, if you are going to become the people God wants you to be, you can't just listen to him periodically. You've got to listen to him and not the chaos. But you also have to love him with everything, leaving nothing out. There, there is no partial love being communicated in this verse. Moses is saying, go all in with God. Because when you do, you'll become the person he's calling you to be. But if you're holding back something, ooh, things might get tricky. Can I, can I just give a disclaimer here? Because I think love, love is tricky for a lot of us. In fact, I think in our world today, a lot of us live with a transactional idea of love. I love someone so I can earn something or, or I, I can you know, achieve something through this love. That's not the love being talked about here. And I want to be really careful here because I want you to hear loud and clear, Moses is not saying, hey, love God so that he'll save you. Love God so that he'll be happy with you. That's not what Moses is communicating. Let me put it this way. When God is asking Israel to love him in this moment, he's not asking them to buy anything from him. That's what transactions are. He's not asking them to buy anything with their love. He's asking them to become someone through their love. Does that make sense? This is not transactional. This is transformative, right? God is not saying, hey, buy something from me with your love. Buy my salvation. No, no, no. Let me prove that to you. Do you know what happened three books before Deuteronomy? The book of Exodus. What did God do in Exodus? 
before Israel ever knew about him, he stepped in and he rescued them. Why? Because he chose to love them, not because of anything that they did for him. No, it was because he had made the decision, I will rescue you, you will be my people, I will redeem you. And now that he has them out of Egypt, out of slavery, they're in this, this process of walking with him. And now in Deuteronomy, he's calling them to become someone. And so he brings up love because God knows that who you love will impact who you become. And so God is not using love transactionally here, not for Israel, not for you. Because even though you weren't caught up in the slavery of Egypt, you and I are caught up in the bondage of sin. And, and what uh, 1 John 4, 9 tells us is that we only love God because he first loved us. He first loved us. And, and where did God first love you? He first loved you on the cross through his son Jesus. Romans tells us that while you and I were a sinner, while we were an enemy of God, he loved us. You'll hear that if you listen to what God is saying. But as we talk about love, I just need to repeat it because the love that God's talking about here is not a transactional one. He wants you to become someone with the love that you are giving, the love that you focus on him. Because when you do, you start to become someone new. Maybe this will make more sense as we define love. Because let's be honest, a love has gotten some weird definitions over the years. It feels like every generation just kind of adds something new to what they think love is, right, for being honest. But here's something refreshing. In the Bible, love has a consistent definition through the Old to the New Testament to even today. The biblical idea of what love is is this. It's a complete devotion. That's what love is. In Scripture, that's what love is. In your life, it is a complete devotion. Now, don't get me wrong, there is an emotional component to love, right? That's typically all that Hollywood really focuses on, right? But, but that emotional component of love is really cultivated in the context of a complete devotion. Biblically speaking, when God talks about love, in your life and in my life, he's talking about a complete devotion. And so when Moses encourages Israel to love God with all their heart, soul, and strength, he's saying be completely devoted to God with every part of your being. Is there any part that you're leaving out that you're not devoted to God with? Because Moses says, hey, put it on the table. Give it to him. Because when you love him, when you're completely devoted to him, you will start to become the person he's calling you to be. This also makes sense because love is actually the driver behind every decision you make. Do you know that? Love drives all of your decisions. If you don't believe me, let me give you an example. So I just admitted to you in point one that I at times struggle to listen to God because I just overschedule myself. Sometimes when me and my wife, when we're going to bed, we'll set our alarm. We'll talk about our, our morning the next day. I don't know if you do that. And we'll kind of make a plan. And we're really optimistic often. We're like, yeah, we'll wake up this early. And then we'll have this time with the Lord. And then we'll go and work out here. And then we'll go to work. We'll be, we'll be just ready for the day. But then uh, the alarm goes off the next morning. <laughs> and uh, that optimism turns to pain. Because right? you wake up and you're like, wow, I have a decision to make here. Right? And there's one of two decisions that me or her could make. We can either make the decision to hit snooze and keep sleeping, or we can make the decision to fight through the pain and get up and make good on those plans. And in that one decision, you can see one of two loves coming to life. If we hit snooze, we're loving our comfort. 
if we get up, we are loving the commitment that we made the night before. Saying, yeah, I'm gonna go through with this. I'm gonna spend time with the Lord. I'm gonna get that workout in. These things matter. Did you know every decision you make is a window into your love? Decisions are driven by what you love, who you love. And maybe today you just gotta take some inventory and look at what are some of the decisions I've been making recently? What do those decisions reveal that I'm loving? Is it God? Or is it someone else? Is it something else? Here's something crazy. Cornell University did a study. They think the average person makes 35,000 decisions a day. Meaning there are 35,000 moments each and every day that you are showing yourself and the world around you who you love. For Moses, he encourages us to have those 35,000 moments reflect God. Because who you listen to and who you love will shape who you become. One of the best ways I saw this come to life in my experience was in middle school and high school. Speaking of students this morning, when I was in middle school and high school, I had some friends at school who were just goofballs, right? Maybe you were one of those friends. <laughs> maybe, maybe you know of your own experience that you had some of those friends. And some of these guys just wanted a good time anywhere they were and did not care about anyone's opinion of them, right? But one of these friends, uh, their life kind of uh, would change every school year in the fall time around football season, right? And, and this goofball of my friend would turn into one of the most studious people in the classroom. And this friend who used to just kind of hang out late at night and not really care about his schedule was home at a certain time, eating the right foods, drinking the right liquids, getting to bed at the right time. What was fueling his decisions was his love for football. He knew that the only way he was going to get on the field that Friday night was if he had the right grades, if he was eating the right food, getting the right training in. Right? So this one devotion that he had, this one love he had started to ripple through every aspect of his life. That's what Moses is talking about. Who are you loving? Because who you love will ripple through every aspect of your life. It will shape who you are becoming. And God has someone for you to become with him and in him. Let's move to the third and final point of this morning's message. Moses keeps moving. He's not just concerned about us listening and loving, but he also wants us to learn the repetition. Let me fill in the blank for this third point. Learn the repetition of a faithful life. That's what Moses wants for us. He wants us not just to listen to God and love God every once in a while. No, he wants us to learn the repetition of a life that is doing that constantly. This is what he says in verse 7 to 9. Let's just reread them. He says, uh, repeat them. Let me just define real quick what them is. Moses is referring to the first two commands he just gave in verse 4 and 5, listening and loving. So now he's looking at families, he's looking at the nation, and he's saying, repeat them. Repeat those two commands, to listen and love God. Repeat them again and again to your children. Talk about them when you're at home, and when you're on the road, and when you're going to bed, and when you're getting up. Tie them to your hands, and wear them on your forehead as reminders. Write them on the doorposts of your house, and on your gates. Moses wants us not just to listen and love God once in a while, he wants us to learn the kind of life that's being lived faithfully to God. Moses is acknowledging here that the Christian life is not a one-day project. It is a lifelong process. And it is a life filled with reminders. 
So what's the problem Moses is addressing here? The problem that Moses and Israel has is the same problem that you and I have. We are forgetful. What does the old hymn say? Prone to wander, Lord, I feel it. Prone to leave the God I love. Some of us will be prone to wander before we walk out of these doors today. We'll wander into our schedules. We'll wander into someone's opinion. What Moses is saying is, hey, if you want to become the person God wants you to be, you have to learn the repetition of a faithful life. And a faithful life is a life with reminders all over it to listen and love God. (laughs) Look at what Moses says. He says, hey, uh, repeat these to your kids. He's talking to you families. Discipleship starts at home. People learning that repetition of a faithful life with God starts with you parents. It starts with you grandparents. Let me just remind you of something. Your kids will catch more than they just hear you teach, right? The whole saying, it's caught more than it's taught. Your kids need to see you reminding yourself to listen to God and not the chaos, to love him with everything. They need to see that, and they also need to hear that. Moses also says to put these reminders on their hands and on their forehead. That's kind of interesting. What's being said here is is Moses is saying, hey, um, make these reminders evident in one another so that you can look into one another and remind one another that we are called to listen to God and not the chaos, that we are called to love him with everything. Guys, what if this community became a community like what Moses is describing here, where you and I, we could look into one another's lives and remind one another when we go off course, hey, are you listening to God or are you listening to the, the chaos of this world? Are you listening to a megaphone right now? Are you loving God with everything? Because that's who we're called to become. That's the only way we become the people God wants us to be. What if this community was that kind of community? Who would we become? But then Moses also talks about putting these reminders on the doorposts of our home, but also on the gate. As you know where the gate was, it was out in the city. Moses is saying, remind yourself to listen to God and not the chaos, to love God with everything, not just in private at home, but also out in public. When you're at work, when, when you're at practice, when you're at school, are you reminding yourself of these things? Are you living a faithful life with God? Are you seeing the Christian life as a one-day project or as a lifelong process? You know, there, there are a lot of generational differences out there, and they're kind of funny sometimes. I don't know if you've ever chuckled at, wow, my generation's so different than other ones. <laughs> um, one difference that I've seen recently, me and my wife, we just started the process to find a house, and I feel like people in my generation, when they're looking for a house, the first question they ask is, what can I buy? I feel like with older generations, the question when they were looking for houses is, what can I build? Right? Like, like, and that feels like it's across the board in a lot of ways, right? The older generation is way more likely to just say, hey, I'll do it myself. I think people in my generation are way more likely to just be like, I'll pay someone else to do it. But let's stick with this house idea for a second, right? Because for me and my wife, we, we really want to treat getting a house like a one-day project, right? We do. We, we want to tour it. We want to say, okay, here's the offer. Where do we sign? When do we move in, right? But if you're building a house, what kind of what kind of mind change do you have? You, you start thinking about, well, what does the next year look like? How do I show up every day to put in some more work to this? Because it's gonna be a process to see it all come together. Did you know the Christian life is not that one day project? You don't tour it, you don't put in an offer and move in the next day. 
You don't just say the prayer. You don't just do the baptism thing. No, 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 no. It's a lifelong process. It is the kind of life that will take some learning. We gotta learn the repetition of what a faithful life looks like. And according to Moses, a faithful life is a life that has reminders sticky noted all over it. To listen to God and not the chaos. To love God with everything. So today, uh, as we close, uh, the worship team is going to come up in just a moment and lead us in worship. But before we do, I want to let you guys know about a resource that we're making available today. It's called the the Challengers Podcast. That's right, we're releasing a podcast, and it's for the everyday challenges of leading the next generation. Um, And so this is really for you parents, uh, grandparents, coaches, teachers. If you are in the life of a kid, this is a resource for you. And it's, it's supposed to help uh, maybe bridge the gap because when we talk to younger generations, what we often hear is like, yeah, I've got a lot of adults in my life and they mean well when they try to invest in me. But actually about half of what they do is helpful and then half of it is just kind of confusing and hurtful at times. <laughs> this podcast is meant to be a resource where we can sharpen up some of those things where we can learn together. What does it look like to lead the next generation to become the people God's calling them to be just like this, reminding them to listen to God, not the chaos, to love God with everything, to become the people that he's calling them to be. So check out that podcast on your way home. It's on Apple Podcasts, on Spotify. You can get it uh, in all those places. I also just want to leave you today before we end in worship with this question. Who are you becoming? Who are you listening to? Who you're loving? Who are you learning from? If you want to listen to Jesus, love him, and learn from him, I just invite you to come up after service. Talk to me, another staff member. We would love to start that journey with you because God has someone for you to become in his love, in his forgiveness. Would you pray with me now? God, thank you for who you are. Thank you for loving us completely even when we didn't know you, even when we were your enemy, you pursued us. And now you invite us to become someone. And I pray for every generation in this room today that you would stir in our hearts and lead us to listen to you, to love you, to learn from you so that we might become the people that you are calling us to be. I pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen.